The Holy Gospel, according to Matthew, the 15th chapter. Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Just then, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of God, David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But he did not answer her at all. And his disciples came and urged him, send her away, for she keeps shouting after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came again and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. He answered, it's not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. She said, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, Woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly. The Gospel of the Lord. You know how some events stay with you for a long time? long time, perhaps for a lifetime, even though they are seemingly very small and inconsequential. Well, I remember one of my first assignments in seminary, which was a very long time ago. I was asked to write a paper on Matthew, chapter 15, verses 21 through 28, which you might recognize as the gospel passage that was just read. The one where Jesus ignores a desperate Canaanite mother pleading for her child, the one where the disciples urge Jesus to send her away because she keeps shouting at us, the one where Jesus says, I came only for the lost sheep of Israel, and the one where Jesus calls that same woman a dog. As a new young seminarian, I remember thinking, whoa, <laughs> where did this Jesus come from and what am I supposed to do with him? I also remember thinking that I very well may be in way over my head. You know, it doesn't take any special training to recognize the trouble spots here, like where exactly is the good news and what is there to proclaim? Other than that paper, I have not had to wrestle with this passage, not for a sermon, not for adult education, not once in all of my years of ministry, that is, not until today. This reminds me of another time. I had a rather challenging gospel on which to preach, and just like here, I was struggling with finding some good news in the reading. And as that is my job, to lift up the good news, I went to Pastor Valerie for encouragement and guidance, and I asked, what should I do with this? This is not a very flattering picture of our Lord. And Valerie, who is well known for her kind and tender and sensitive and generous heart, and who had preached on Jesus the Good Shepherd the weekend prior, looked at me smiled and said sweetly, wow, my Jesus was nice. <laughs> 
So here we are, challenging text and all. Now you won't be surprised, I suppose, to know that preachers and theologians have long struggled to understand, to interpret, to explain, and even to explain away, to cover up, and to justify the bad behavior of our Lord recorded in this story. And this they have done in all kinds of creative ways. Some have said that Jesus was just testing the woman and her faith, and it's okay because she passed. Others have said that he really was just kidding around and actually didn't mean what he said. Some suggest that calling her a dog was not really as bad as it sounds. The word is more like puppy and therefore not all that offensive. And others have argued that the woman was being used by God to teach Jesus about his mission, to expand his understanding of just how far his mercy was to reach, to broaden his perspective on the expanse of the kingdom. To tell you the truth, none of these explanations are explicitly supported by anything you read in the text. And therefore, at least for me, these attempts to explain Jesus are mostly unsatisfying. To be sure, the encounter between the unnamed woman from outside Israel and Jesus does not unfold as we would expect or even as we might like. But then, I have to ask you, when has it ever been any different with our Lord. Reflecting on this passage, pastor and author Will Willimon wrote, in his suffering, in his loving outreach to us, in his truthful preaching, and in his resourceful, relentless drawing us unto himself, Jesus was other than the God we expected. If I could be so bold, I would edit that to read. Jesus has always been other than the God we expected and sometimes other than the God we wanted. Right? I mean, we see Jesus disrupting expectations all throughout Scripture. Although God's people certainly expected the long-awaited coming of the Messiah, the Savior, a king, they did not expect that he would arrive as a tiny baby. They did not expect him to be born in a cave outside of Jerusalem. They didn't expect his mission to be rooted in love and service rather than in power and might and strength. They didn't expect him to seek out those who live on the margins and befriend and welcome and care for them. They didn't expect that he would eat with sinners rather than with the important, the elite, and the powerful. They didn't expect that he would heal on the Sabbath and turn the law upside down and inside out. They didn't expect that he would heal the sick, raise the dead, drive out demons, and demonstrate power over nature. They didn't expect that with just five loaves and two fish, he would feed 5,000 men and countless women and children, leaving 12 baskets 
of leftovers. And most certainly, no one expected that our Lord and Savior would be crucified and buried or that three days later he would rise from the dead. No one expected that. No one expected that, Jesus. As I said, it is my job to lift up the good news, and with this reading, that does not come easily. In search of some good news to preach, many have turned to look to the woman and held her up as a model of persistence and great faith resulting in getting what she wanted. But I'll tell you, I don't see that as good news. Because anyone who has ever been desperate and determined or has pleaded with or begged our Lord for help and felt unheard or worse, ignored, is left to conclude, maybe my faith just wasn't strong enough, my persistence was not enough, Perhaps I am just not worthy of the Lord's attention. So instead of looking to the woman, we must turn to Jesus. In this story, we see Jesus in a way we are unaccustomed to seeing him. On display is a narrow view of hospitality. I came only for Israel, he said. We see an unexpected, unflattering, even embarrassing encounter with a woman from outside Israel. But in the end, we see grace and mercy poured out and a little child healed. And yes, that is good news. Yet it strikes me that the good news in this story is not only in that outcome, a woman's cry for mercy answered, a little child healed, but we see it also in the struggle. Who among you has wrestled with what to do with boundaries and borders with insiders and outsiders, with lines drawn and walls built. Well, so did Jesus. Who among you has experienced overwhelm with the great and the deep needs of those who live on the margins? So did Jesus. Who among you has wrestled with a response to someone's need by measuring their status or their background or their worth? So did Jesus. Who among you has been impatient with someone whose needs threaten to overburden you? So did Jesus. The good news is this. Jesus knows how complicated and difficult life can be. He knows our struggle because he lived it, and he meets us precisely where we are so that we can rely on his gracious and loving presence in order to move us forward. 
In this difficult and challenging story, we meet a God who never gives up on gathering the whole world, all people, everywhere, together. We meet a God who is singularly focused on drawing us and everyone else to him. We meet a God who is at work in the world through his one and only son to reconcile all that is broken, all that is broken between us and him, and all that is broken between us and others. And we meet a God who draws us into that exact same work, into that mission to expand the kingdom for all of God's people. I close with this prayer. Lord, forgive us when we draw lines and attempt to establish boundaries that keep us apart from one another. Move our hearts so that we may extend to others the same hospitality with which you have received us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.